0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.org. Today, Lead Pastor Eugene Smith will continue with our series called 40 Days of Love. Do we really love people unconditionally? The greatest aim in our life is to truly love that love that comes only from God. Our scripture text comes from 1 John chapter 3, starting in verse 18. Today's message is entitled, Love Rally.
1: Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says it like this, Make the aim or the goal of your life love. Let love be your greatest aim. Let love be your greatest aim. I mean, this comes after Paul gives a whole dissertation on spiritual gifts gifts of power, gifts of knowledge, gifts to speak. I mean, Paul gives this whole dissertation on how the kingdom of God is to operate in a local church, and how that God wants people to have these power experiences, these encounters with this Holy Spirit. He immediately goes into talking about, you know what? I mean, you can have all these things. You can have miracles. You can have signs. You can have wonders. You can have people healed, people healed spiritually and physically. We've seen it right here in this church. We've seen. Dramatic transformations, people set free from addictions. We've seen people literally that were on their deathbed rise up. We've seen all kinds of awesome things that God has done. Just the fact that this church is still in existence is a miracle of God. There was so much opposition. We started in Altamont and all those things God brought us through. It's a miracle. But the reality is, the greatest aim of our life, Paul says, is to love. It's to love. Now, We have a hard time with love in our culture because we love all kinds of things. There are four basic words in the Greek for love. The first one is agape. Everyone say agape. Agape. Now, this is a, a very common word used biblically. As a matter of fact, in the New International Version, the word love is used over 787 times. That's a lot of times in the Bible. It's a main theme of the Bible. As a matter of fact, we're going to discover what God is. God is love in just a moment. But over and over and over, this word love is used. And agape, the God kind of love, God's love for us, and our kind of love that we are to have to him is one of the main words. There's also another word that's used. It's called phileo. Everyone say phileo. And the the word phileo simply means a brotherly love. It's a, it's a, a kindly affection. It's, you know, you care about you. I told my wife last night, I agape, I phileo, I store, I eros you. I love you in all kinds of ways, and only my wife, I can love that way, amen? But so phileo love is a brotherly love. It's the name, the city of Philadelphia is named after this kind of love. It's an affectionate love. You care for someone. Then there's this word in the Greek called storge. Everyone say Storge. And the word storge simply means, I love chocolate. I love that movie. I love that car. Oh, I love that dress. I love the way you did your hair. I mean, do you start to see how we get confused? I mean, things that we really like, we call love. And then there's the w- love, er- the word eros. Everyone say eros. Eros is a sensual love, a sexual love. And that's really, we understand that in our culture because we're bombarded with it all the time. Images and movies and music and you're just bombarded with, you understand that kind of love. I mean, no one has to teach you that kind of love. You just, you're born with that. You're born with the desire for intimacy. These four words in the Greek are used about love. There was a young man that came to Jesus it's, the story is told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospel, but I believe the text that you have there this morning is found in, Matthew's, in Mark's gospel. There's a young man that came to Jesus and said, well, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I mean, what must I do to live the kind of life that you want me to live? And Jesus must have just listened to Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. See, Jesus said, well, what do you say? You see, before Jesus could be understood, he wanted to understand. It's one of the most powerful principles in the universe. When you get into a discussion or a dialogue with someone, you've got to understand where that person is at. Where are they coming from? So many times we want to teach somebody something, but we don't even know their background. We don't even know where they're coming from. So we just spout out what we think and what we know, and we've never built that bridge. So Jesus is a master relationship builder, and he communicates. He says, well, what do you think? And the guy says, well, the law says you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And Jesus said, you said well. Then the very next thing he says to him, he says, but you also must love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's where it gets really tricky. That's where it gets really complicated. And we talk, you know, churches talk about love, 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 love. And then they split wide open. And then people leave the church because sister so-and-so didn't like the way she did that. And, you know, somebody said something mean to her. And on the way out the door, somebody didn't like, you know, said something. I've heard so many things like that. So many things. And what's happened is there's a disconnect between the word and what's actually happening in our life. So this whole thing about love, this whole focus is about love. The way that you respond to the waitress. The way that you respond or react to the person that you're talking to on the telephone that's in another country trying to do customer service, reading off of a script, and you've been on the line for a half an hour, and they still don't understand what you're saying. Someone said amen. amen. And you know no one else is ever going to hear what you say to that individual on the other line. As a matter of fact, that other individual won't even understand what you're saying because they just read it off a script. But God sees... God knows. God sees exactly everything we do. He knows exactly every word that we speak. You see, the the fact is, demonstrating love with somebody you like or is kind to you or helps you, that's easy. But demonstrating love to someone that irritates you. Now, I find this very interesting. In the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of pressure in my life. I mean, things have been going on pretty good. Three months, six months, church is healthy. We're all loving one another. Every, I mean, if there's problems, you're not bringing them to me, and I th- say thank you for that. Amen? And you're working them out. I mean, I don't know about it. It all seems to be going pretty good. We're all liking each other. Teams liking each other. And we had a most awesome, incredible summer, and baptizing people, and all the outreaches, and encounters, and, and just great. thing. I mean, God's good, and And provision, and he's faithful, he's doing miracles, and providing people's jobs, and we're just seeing some great things happen. But about a couple of weeks ago, I got into this, not a person that goes to church here, so you don't know them, but I got into this little relationship with you, with someone that I've known for a long time, and it hasn't gone away. And I just thought, well, you know, I'll just kind of avoid it, but When I talk to this person, it just never seems to quite be right. Anyone ever have a relationship like that? You're talking, you know, you just, every time you talk to them, it just never comes out quite right. You don't say it right. They don't say it right. There's some tension in this relationship. And what I realize as I'm walking through this, that God has got a finger on an area of my life. And that is this area of love. Do I really love people unconditionally? Will I really choose to walk and forgiveness. So over these next several weeks, we are going to learn how to become better lovers. You can just call me the doctor of love. We're going to learn how to love the way that God wants us to love. You see, the fact is, it really is all about love. Loving God and loving people, and we can have powerful encounters with God's Spirit. We can have services where Breakout happens, and all these incredible things take place emotionally in people's lives. But if there's not the information and the understanding of what God's real desire for their life is, they won't be changed. And I've grown up my whole life, and I've seen it take place in the church. People can talk in tongues. They can work miracles. They can do all kinds of things. But, boy, you get back in the back room with them, and they're not full of love. They leave church, and they go to the restaurant, and they treat the waitress like they're below. I mean, I've seen all these kinds of things, You know, this is a real practical one, but you go to the restaurant and the waitress is not very nice to you. And so you just like, what are you, you know, like, you're here, you know, they're supposed to be there for you, but they feel like you're there for them. They got it all backwards. Anyone ever have a waiter or waitress like that before? Okay, we all have. We all all had that. But when you still leave that person a big tip and you're still kind to that person, you know what you're saying? I love you. I love you. You see, because the, the fact is, probably at that moment, that is never not going to be the last meal that you've ever eaten. It's just not going to be that way. And so as we learn to grow in love, as we learn to walk in love, the first thing that God wants you to see this morning is that we love because God loves us. We love because God loves us. Now, I, don't, I can't emphasize this enough that this has probably been one of the great challenges of my Christian life. And I, I know that many people feel this way. We fall short. We know our own hearts. Whenever the Holy Spirit, we're reading the Bible and we see an area of our life that doesn't measure up. We, we have a relational issue. We have a conflict with someone. We start to feel bad. We sin. We do something we shouldn't do. And all of a sudden, we start to feel bad. And then the enemy of your soul, the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren, he jumps on that. And boy, his, whoever the demons or whoever whoever's tempting and testing and saying bad things about you, to you, slandering you, you start to feel bad inside. And you feel like, I just can't work hard enough. I just, man, I mean, how could God forgive me? I just messed up. This, I mean, I've done this so many times. God, why do you still love me? And you start to beat yourself up emotionally. You start to say bad things about yourself. And the whole time, God's saying, I love you. I'm crazy about you. When God spoke to the nation of Israel, and let me tell you, they were backslidden. They were rebellious. You know what he says to them? He says, I love you. He actually, in the Hebrew, he says, I'm crazy about you. I'm crazy about you. I'm ecstatic about you. God told Hosea, who was a prophet of God, to go and marry a woman of the night, a prostitute. And then he tells her, he tells him, he says, I want you to go and love Hosea like I love my children, Israel. I mean, all these prophetic symbols. I mean, you know, we would never tell anybody to do that. But God was making an example of how much he loves you. And this love was so great that it was culminated in the cross. You've heard this before, but you've got to understand this from your mind so that it gets into your heart so that when you mess up and you make a mistake, you realize that you have one who will forgive you, who has your best in mind. He's there for you. He's the champion in your corner. He's already won the victory. He's already paid the price. He's already defeated the devil. Come on, someone give the Lord a hand clap this morning. God's for you. He loves you. He's crazy about you. You see, we can love because God loves us. All of this creation. I don't know if anyone saw the picture from the Hubble telescope this week that went around the world. It was this fabulous picture of this nebula, and it looked like a butterfly. This it was actually gases around some something that was orbiting out there and, you know, six hundred and sixty million miles away. Six hundred I mean, I mean guys, I can't even fathom that. And there's like, you know. Uh, The numbers are astonishing. It just blows your mind. And you think that God created all of this. The crown jewel of all of God's creation was you. Now the world doesn't say that. The world bases your value and your worth on your position, on your popularity, on your money, on your looks. That's how the world values humans. But that's not how God does. That's why we fight for life. That's why we fight for unborn children. That's why we fight for seniors, people at the very end of life, so they can die with dignity and respect, not pushing them off. Go to the nursing homes and minister to people. And we fight for life. Why? Because God loves people. God loves people. We love because God first loved us. God first loved you. You can circle that. God first loved you this morning. God first loved you. Now, this is what happens in my life. You were wondering what the toothpaste was all about this morning, right? God loves you. He's crazy about you. And your life is like a tube of toothpaste. Oh, you guys are smart. Your life is like a like a tube of toothpaste. And it's full. It's full of all kinds of stuff. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a pastor. I'm a brother. I'm a friend. I me, mean, my life is full of all kinds of stuff. And what God wants my life to be filled with is his love. And see, because love in my life, working in all these areas, makes me a better person. It makes me a kinder person and a more generous person and a more forgiving person. So my life being like this toothpaste has all kinds of activities and stuff taking place in it. And, and lots of times I start to feel pressure. I mean, I start to feel pressure. Anybody ever feel pressure in your life? I start to feel pressure. Now, right now, the top is on, and I can squeeze. I mean, I would literally probably have to put this on the ground and stamp on it for this top to pop off. But this, a couple of weeks ago, I was feeling a lot of pressure here, whatever was happening, and I went home, and I decided to take the top off. You know, I mean, my family, they're going to love me unconditionally. I'm dad. I'm husband. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm dad. I'm not pastor at home. I'm dad, right? And so I get home, and because it's my habitat, it's my domain, the king's domain, I take my top off, which is always a dangerous thing. And the first little thing that comes in my life, all of a sudden, all the stuff that's been squeezed into my life, all of a sudden starts to come out. You know, I mean, Keenan didn't make his bed that morning. Ooh. And then I get home and Austin do, didn't do something. And then Laura just kind of looks at me wrong. And man, that, it's just, it's coming out. The stuff of life is coming out. Well, that happens to all of us. All of us feel that pressure in life. And as we journey, as we go on this journey together, we're going to discover that God does want us to become more loving. But in order for that to happen, we got to know the God of love. And we've got to allow Him to change our heart and to fill us on a daily basis. So that's why I said this journey, you don't want to miss a lesson. We're going to be team teaching. We're going to be preaching all kinds of illustrations. But more importantly, you're going to be inspired by the Holy Spirit to fully surrender and give your life over to Him so that you can walk this life of love. What I've discovered is that love is a choice and a commitment. Now this last week we did a wedding And uh, there were many of you that were there. Daniel and Randy Priest got married at New Smyrna Beach, and it was awesome. Come on. And the pictures are up on Facebook, and lots, you know, just it was beautiful. And and I said, she was a great woman of faith. I kept thinking, man, 6 o'clock, I mean, it's going to rain. And we were driving there, and it started sprinkling on my windshield. And I'm thinking, oh, me of little faith. And I get there, and it was a clear sky, and it was beautiful, and they had a great wedding. But you know the thing that I, I know about that couple is that they have, one, committed their lives to Christ and, and they have chosen to do it right. In other words, they, they didn't live together before they got married. They don't have kids. And you know, all those things happen to people Understanding God's gracious and forgiving. But this couple made a commitment and they chose to love one another. They made a commitment. Love is a commitment, but it's also a choice. You see, you choose to love God you choose. God doesn't force you to love and serve him. It doesn't work that way. Rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Jesus says, hey, go sell in everything you have. Give to the poor. You'll find the kingdom of heaven. Says, I can't do it. I can't give that up. I can't give that one area of my life up. He walks away. Jesus lets him walk away. See, it's a choice. Now what God will do is God will allow lots of pain and lots of pressure and the reality that you can't live life without Him to come your way. He'll allow that to happen. To show you, you do need Him. Because He's crazy about you. He loves you. He wants you to have a blessed life. He wants you to, to be strong and full of courage and to know that He is your God and He's gone before you. You see, because love is a choice. It's an action. Love is an action. It's not just an emotion. We understand the emotional part of love, the attraction of love, the physical attraction. We understand that this morning. But although that might be attraction, and and that might be something that you emotionally you feel, that when those feelings disappear with the first dirty diapers, and the bills piling up, and the clothes that needed to be folded, all of a sudden those emotions aren't as strong. And it's a, natural, it's a natural chemistry reaction that God put within us. They tell us, whoever they are again, that you have two years of that kind of potential emotional kind of feeling in love. And then after that, you have to choose. Now, it's a choice all along the way, but you understand what I'm saying. You see, love is an action. I choose to love people who are unlovely. And that's really hard. It's really hard because most of us just want to put those kind of people out of our life. But then God just keeps bringing them into our life. We still have to make choices concerning this area of love. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, Let us love not with words or in tongues, but with action and in truth. In action and in truth. A wife comes to the lawyer and says, I want a divorce. And the lawyer says, known this wife and this couple for a long time. He says, listen. He, and she's really bitter, and she's really mad, and she's really angry. And she says, I just, I want to hurt him so bad. And so he says to her, you know what? He goes, I, can t- I want to tell you how, you want to really cause pain in his life? I want to tell you the way you can cause the most pain. I mean, really, really hurt him. I want you to go back and to treat your husband like he's the greatest man on the planet. I want you to go back and make him the best dinners. Don't put any strychnine in it. I want you to go back and make him the best dinners that you could have ever made. I want you to fold his clothes just the way that he wants them to be folded. I want you to make yourself available to him. I want you to do that for 30 days. Then at the end of that 30 days after you've served him and after you've treated him like a king, at the end of that 30 days, I want you just to drop the bomb on him. I want you to tell him, I'm out of here. She did that. She said, ooh, what a great plan. What a great build him up and then knock him down. And so she went home and she treated him just like that. 30 days later, the lawyer called her up on the phone and said, Hey, you got an appointment today. What happened? You didn't show up. She said, You know, I went back and I did exactly the way what you told me to do. And you know what I discovered? Is that I really did love my husband. You see, action preceded feelings. And if you have a relationship issue in your life right now, if you have an area and you know in just a moment, Pastor Dave is going to walk you through a little love test in a couple of areas. And and you know, oh, you have, listen, if you think you got it all figured out, you know what, I call you an L-I-A-R. Because <laughs> no one here has got it all figured out. No one here is walking in perfect love. There was only one who did that. That was Christ. So we're all growing in this area. And so we choose to love. We act our way into feeling Jesus, when he spoke to the churches, one of the churches in particular, he said to them, he said, listen, guys, you've done a lot of good things, but you've forgotten the way. I want you to remember what it was like when you first gave your life to me. And I want you to change. I want you to repent. I want you to change the way that, that you think about what you're doing now. The kind of movies that you're watching, the activities that you're involved in, the places that you go, the kinds of things you say about the pastor on Sunday morning when you go home and have lunch together. I want you to begin to change the way that you talk about other people. And then he says, I want you to return to that first love. See, it was really clear. You got to, you, know, you, you do remember you've been a Christian, you remember those experiences, those encounters, those times when God's love has been so real, and how easy it is to drift away. You can do lots of good works. You can do lots of nice things for people, but you can still be drifting away from the heart of God, and that is to love Him with your heart, soul, and strength. You see, this morning, love is a skill. Love is a skill. You can learn to become a great lover of people, Pastor Dave on Friday was telling me about Pastor Jim Raley posted on his Facebook. He said, "God, give me a love for souls. Give me a love for souls." And if you know Pastor Jim Raley, he's on TV, he's one of the great preachers in our community and, and I, he just he, he loves people. He loves to see people born again. He loves to see people's lives changed by the power of God. But see you have to make a choice. Glenn was talking this morning about this old preacher on TV and you know, 70 years of old and loving God and inspiring people full of faith. You know, the fact is I've been doing this for over twenty years and I've had lots of opportunities not to like people. I've had lots of opportunities to quit, to give up, lots of hard things. But I can tell you today that I love God more today than I did twenty-two years ago. I'm more dependent upon his grace and his love today than I've ever been. You see, love is a skill. City Church, City Church, our congregation, individually and corporately. It's not just about getting a bigger church. It's not just about having a bigger building, but it's about loving more. You see, what we want people in this community to know in Sanford, Lake Mary, Osteen. uh, You begin to make that circle out. Someone, you go to Deltona. You go to, to you start to just make that. You know, Altamont Springs, Longwood. What we want people to know is that we're people of love. We love people. And love speaks truth. Love speaks truth. Love isn't just tolerating every kind of behavior. Love tells people that there is a way to life and to hope and gives people a sense of destiny and purpose and meaning. See, that's what we want to be known for. The greatest of these is love. Jesus said, you'll be my disciples. You'll be known as my disciples by your love. Love becomes a habit. Hebrews chapter 13, the Bible says, continue to love each other with true Christian love. True Christian love. I watch this in people's lives. You know, some people seem to have a predisposition to be nicer. That's not me. I want so bad to be like Pastor Dave. I want so bad to be like Kip Williams. I mean, when I met Kip, I'm like, this guy is the nicest guy. I don't want to embarrass him, but he's just, he's kind. Maybe he hasn't always, but as long as I've known him for the last seven, eight years, he's always been kind. i have so bad, wanted to be like Billy over here, who just knows how to keep his mouth quiet. I'm always opening my mouth at the wrong times. You know, it's so funny how we look at someone else, and we would like to be like someone else, but the reality is God made us the way we are. He made us just the way we are. I look at Dave and watch what Dave's gone through just this last week with some challenges in the church and come in and just got the happy button on. You know, just always, you know, the fact is I can't command happiness in people. When Austin was a little boy, and I remember he was about four years of old age, and he was whining about something, and so I gave him something to cry about, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and I was like, Austin, just push that happy button. He's and you know, and you know, he's like, boom, 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 I'm trying, Dad, I'm trying. And you just can't command that to happen. We want love to become a habit in our life. If God commands us to love. We can therefore love.
0: Thanks for listening to this message, Love Rally, with lead pastor Eugene Smith. This is part of our new series called 40 Days of Love. For more information about City Church Orlando Service Times, you can go to our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.org or call 407-321-9600.